podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. When it comes to business travel in Orlando, it's never business as usual. Oh, sure, I could go on for days about all the incredible places to hold meetings or the Michelin dining or the innovative industries that'll make you feel right at home. But Dr. Michael Edwards of Ocean Insight said it best. Orlando is as much a business capital as an entertainment one. So dive in and see what's happening in Orlando, where the possibilities for business travel are unbelievably real. Learn more at Orlando for Business. Yes, listeners, this is the Five Year Plan Podcast. Uh, <laughs> Pod 174. Is it May yet? Is it May yet? Please let it be May soon. Oh, no, not yet. One way or another. End of, end of May, preferably. No, and we've got we've got to discuss Palace's uh, the most recent Palace defeat. Oh, but before we do that, you can't make me. I'm not going to. Okay, well, it's going to be a very short podcast. Been so many, which was a. We're, we're going to get to it, lads. But before we do that, I need to to mention our sponsors. Yeah, we are lucky sponsors. The Jinxes. They've been here since the start of the season. <laughs> they've all they've had. Well, Vector been here for for a long time. Uh, Vector Printing for all your printing embroidery needs. Go to vector.co.uk. That's Vector with them. Okay. And JCIS, the global research and brand consultancy from South London. Visit jc-is.com. I will. Good. Um, also, Vector uh, T-shirts are on sale. Vector with a K and FYP T-shirts. Exclusive T-shirts are on sale right now from t-shirtmonster.com forward slash FYP. Also... Do one of them say, uh, I was there when Palace last fucking won? No, but we uh, should... We maybe, maybe we should make them. Yeah. Maybe we should make them. Yeah. yeah. Or for when we do win, we should make... I was there, t-shirts. Yeah, and no, that's, maybe I, that's presumptuous. I think, I think if we, we might as well do it properly and go to the end of this year, and not win at all this year. This year, this whole year, if we get to December. Okay. If we're gonna, where's Palace? We're gonna do it. Might as well do it properly. But still, stay up in the middle. I'm convinced. I'm yeah. convinced. I've been saying it for weeks now that Palace will stay up, but will do so without winning a league game in 2016. I'm still convinced of that. I think it might have to come to that. It would be very Palace, wouldn't it? It would be, but there's no. Because from December, I've been going, yeah, and first of all, it was jokingly saying, oh, it's all right, we'll get another couple of wins. And now I just find it. Logic dictates you just can't see where the win's coming from. No, that's so true. The way we're playing. And the only good news is MacArthur apparently might be fit even for the West Ham game, according to Scott. That is today, good news. Which that is, is good news. news. But well, we will, we will review, the, uh, not review, preview the West Ham game in our new we've ex- just, extra. We've just done it. Extra ah, bits that, extra. We, that, we, that we've started doing. Um, before we get on to Saturday's defeat to Leicester, though, uh, I need to mention that if people have been having problems with the podcast, we mentioned this last week, obviously, if you're having problems with the podcast, you won't be listening to it. <laughs> but if you know someone that has... He explained you the logic of his last week. <laughs> no, but we need to keep doing it because we keep getting people tweeting us. If you're having problems downloading it or it's playing now and then stops playing later on, do not listen to it in the iTunes podcast app because that app is broken. Use a different app to download it and listen to it. We suggest you're over, broken. Overcast. Or alternatively, if you're now listening, well done on solving the problem with your no, podcast. Yeah, some, of them, yeah. some of them download on the iTunes app, they play, and then about halfway through they stop playing. So that, they'll be listening now. To be might... fair, to be fair, we do get most of our best material out yeah. of the way in the first <laughs> half. Complete opposite of Palace. You okay. sure this is not people just turning it off and then telling you their problems with Who knows? All the listens count, though. That counts as a, as a tick in our box, doesn't it? So That sounds a bit rude. Which is the, the most important thing, obviously. Yeah, as okay, long as so it's a tick in your box. If you're, if you're having problems downloading it, use different. don't use the iTunes <laughs> iPhone podcast app. And also, do us a favour. Like you explaining it to your dad. 
Well, my dad, my dad listens. Oh, he does. People, people do like, like technical instructions at the start of a podcast. No, do, people yeah. like to know how to listen to the thing they want to listen and to. It's nice to have your dad's tick in your box. Can you tell me how to maintain my battery settings on my iPod, please, JD? <laughs> no. Um, the other thing is, we are, last time I checked, I've we lost are... I've the sound of my iPod. It's, really? Yeah. Well, how are you to listen to the pod? It's a good point. Well, yeah, I mean, you're on it. Um, we are also, last time I checked, 118th. In the UK, on what, the Palace. Pa- for- <laughs> <laughs> well, in form, not far off it. Not far off it. <laughs> the, pod- the podcast is 118th in the iTunes Sports. Uh, what's it called? Ratings. Out of how many? 119. Well, out of out of all of them in the ever, forever oh, in the UK. Okay. So, and people people can help us get into the top 100 if they go onto iTunes and leave us a rating. So well, please, leave, right if you're enjoying on, the pod yeah. and you're still, you've managed to get it to download and listen to it. So at least good. specify a good rating. A good rating. Yeah, like a five-star five one and then like, like a comment saying well, this is the greatest. we've lost a star for the technical introduction, haven't we? <laughs> okay. Yeah, one star. I didn't realise this was an instruction yeah. manual. Yeah. yeah. But there's a radio just, ham somewhere in Barnes going, this is great, I'm really enjoying this yeah. technical well, stuff. Well, yeah, well yeah. they can leave us a review and yeah. we'll jump higher up the uh, charts. <laughs> anyway, that's the admin out of the way. Let's talk about Palace losing again no, because I'd carry on with the admin. <laughs> <laughs> we lost uh, home to Leicester, league mm. leaders. It should be noted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it was one nil again. Leicester win all their games one nil. But the first thing I want to talk to you guys is fullbacks because Suarez oh. again had an off game to that be generous. F- do we need do we need new fullbacks both the sides? End, the end, well, you d- the thing is, you don't know whether he was playing to a player. I. I was almost Liverpool angry at the end of that first half because Pardew had spent the whole week being bullish to the point of arrogance about, you know, champions don't like coming to Palace, we've ruined Man City, we've ruined Liverpool, always a hard place to come. And we all knew, despite, for some reason, the pundits thought we were going to win, but we all knew we were going to lose 1-0. And what yeah. the most annoying thing about it is, even against Newcastle, watching Leicester against Newcastle on the Monday night, when Leicester looked anxious and cramped, but even Newcastle, and all the pundits were saying, this is what you do against Leicester, Newcastle put the full-backs as close to the centre-backs as possible and said, right, tack us down the flanks, we'll deal with the crosses. So we decided to deal with that by putting the left-back as close to the halfway line as possible, the right-back as close to the halfway line as his fitness would allow him to get. We thought the best way of dealing with Mara is we went for an unusual plan, which is to give him every bit of space he wanted and just went, deal with that. We thought maybe that would confuse him. Do you just wonder about where you want to wander about and occasionally wave at our left back who's Christ knows where he is? And that first half was just, they had one shot on target against Newcastle. They had four shots on target in five minutes against us. And it was there was no sense of any sort of plan. And the fact is, Leicester have got this mystique about them, and fair play to them, I hope they win the Premier League. They're not that good. And then you look at, they're not, they're not world beaters, but they've got this mystique about them, and we were frightened of them. They were so timid in that first half. And then you've got, you've got Hooth and Morgan, who in the best, the, the best will in the world, at most, were all right centre-backs in the Premier League. And Morgan, it was, it was in the past. So it's a miracle that Hooth and Morgan are doing so well. So they must have woken up and seen the Palace team sheet and gone, they're playing Adebayo, lovely, fine. Yeah. We've got a really easy, however long it is before he gets taken off. Well, Pardew was there at the Newcastle game on Monday night. He was there, of course he was. But there was, we had no sense of any plan. This was Newcastle. At least Newcastle had a plan, had a way of trying to nullify them. We had nothing like that. We've all been told that no. Le- Leicester don't like having lots of the ball. They like to hit on the don't counter-attack, have yeah, minimal yeah, possession. Yeah, yeah. So, so why did Palace try and do that? Yeah. Well, because we don't react to the opposition that we know we've got coming up. We have this sort of hubristic thing and... Ooh. 
Thanks. I, I, I'm okay. actually being paid by the by the syllable now. Um, we, we've got this arrogant thing at times where we, we don't seem to adapt based on what opposition we're coming up against, and it was a, a case in point. You know, we we said in the last extra part uh, at the end of the last pod, the one thing you don't want to do against Leicester is try to go on to them too much because what they'll do is they'll yeah. exploit you because they'll get it back to front really quickly. They will not bother with trying to pass it through the midfield. Yeah. They will basically exploit any gaps that you leave and they'll do so very 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 quickly and they did that and they they did just that so for us to and and Kevin is entirely right there was a a diagram of that sort of first half and the average positions and Suarez was more or less sort of left central midfield it was utterly ridiculous and you had Joe Ledley who's now for some reason being shifted out out left and trying to cover for him Balassi who's just drifting up into a central forward position it was just a bereft of any well, it, form of coherence it, it, that performance if anybody was Mark Myers, it was Ledley and that's quite a few of the Sunday papers report you're, you're putting your least mobile midfield player marking there and the fact is when every time Zahar got the ball they had a swarm of Leicester players around them every time I always got the ball it literally was inviting him in and it's just like all the things that we all know you shouldn't do and it was just it's, but um, having said that and watching Leicester for the first time live you have to be impressed with their organisation. But again, there's not much more to them than that, except their front four, the movement of their front four and the pace that they break at is spectacular. But they're not doing anything as a team that Palace but, couldn't do. Absolutely. There's nothing, there's nothing, you don't look at them and go, this is an unbeatable. You look yeah. at them and go, do you know what? I might put money on them getting relegated next season because for, by some fluke, a good team is winning the title. And I hope they do win the title, without a doubt. But look at that. It's Hooth and Morgan, for the love of God. Why have, have they we been? Not get, why are we not getting out of them with pace? Why don't we start with Gale? Start with something they weren't expecting, but to start well, with... even Fraser Campbell, someone well, that runs Fraser around Campbell, up front. To start with a totally immobile Adibayor, totally immobile Adibayor, and then to change the, the entire left side in the second half, you go... Well, that's, there couldn't be a bigger admission that you got it wrong. So, and if you're going to get it wrong, don't be so mouthy beforehand all week about what we're going to do to him. So I, I, I was expecting this from the very first minute. I thought, well, we're going to really pile into We're going to really give him the great... And I, and, I was, and I was actually thinking, fair enough, I'd, I'd rather lose this 4-1 than 1-0. Yeah. Let's, let's, let's have a go. Let's do what nobody else has done to them. Because they have built this mystique up about them. And then, but suddenly, as Andy says, we, we approached it as though we were Man City or Arsenal or Man United. Like we were a big team and we didn't have to deal with it. And even in the first 15, 20 minutes, you're looking at them going, is this it? Surely we can match this. And then suddenly we couldn't. And once they got the goal in front, that was it. They did exactly well, Once what they, they scored, they were going to win, weren't they? Yeah, and but, fair play to them. They did exactly what they had to do. Yeah, and then, yeah, the, the, don't put Balassi. We know it doesn't work with Balassi. Yeah. If you've got to bring Sacco on, put him up front. Hmm. Well, he, he brought Sacco on and we, yeah. we looked more direct second half. But, it, but it, that's been the story of the season. He changed it at half-time, we always look better. Why does he keep getting it wrong? Yeah, but uh, bring Saka on, and then you bring. I'm sure Ali Boyle would be going. Well, hang about. Why, why am I not? In, I know I had a terrible first mm. half, but nobody got any crosses into me. The third. Now you've got somebody on who's going to be crossing it. I think we got 23 crosses in second half, the most anybody's crossed against Leicester in one half. Mm. And Ali Boyle sitting there going, "Well, hang on. If I was on the pitch now, why don't you play like this the first half?" Exactly. There was a couple from Saka actually yeah. that, that were it's, inviting for a striker, yeah, weren't they? It just it just made. But why do we? Why do we keep? Why do we get it? Better in the second half than first half. It's happened a lot this season, hasn't it? It's, I, 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 there's no, well, you, we've always talked about no plan B. There is a plan B, but why not start with plan B? Well, exactly. Yeah, I, I, yeah. It's just so frustrating. I, was, I just thought we were so timid. I just so frustrating because I, I, even I found myself buying into the... Uh, yeah, at the start of the week, I, was saying to people, I even tweeted saying, who are these people saying that we're going to win this game? Of course we'll lose 1-0, but as the week went on, even I found myself going, wow, you know, this is, I wouldn't put it past Palace, the sort mm. of thing we do, but... 
without having to do much, Leicester were just that, as I said, they were just that little bit quicker, a little bit more organised, a little bit better, a little bit less added by Ori than we. Fair have, they, to them, but have they been lucky this season? Because Pardew said in his programme notes, oh, Leicester have been a bit lucky. They, they have really churlish those programme notes. Well, he, he shouldn't have been saying that in his programme notes no. without a shadow of doubt. Yeah. The fact of the matter is, yes, they have been lucky. They've been lucky they've with, had some injuries. Luck with injuries. And they've had, yeah, they've right. had luck with some refereeing decisions. They've even had luck in game. Yeah. You know, you look at Saturday, late on. Delaney controls the ball beautifully, yeah. smacks it off the bar, you know, another season against Palace. Yeah. That flies in. Yeah. They've had certain games where they've they've come out of it and, and very much so in the last six weeks, where they have probably been either slightly the worst team or, you know, at best even keel with the the opposition. They've come out with three points. But the thing is, a, a, an opposition manager should not be saying that. It's fine no, for impartial right. pundits yeah, to yeah. say that. It's fine for fans to say it in, if they're trying to be in an objective way, in an objective manner, or to say it's like a bitter manner if they want to be bitter <laughs> yeah, about yeah, it. Yeah. But frankly, a manager to say that in his pre-match uh, material that he puts in the programme, if, if I'm Claudio Ranieri, yeah. and I'm obviously not that docile, if, if I'm Claudio Ranieri, I, I would, I would yeah, have taken yeah. that into my dressing room at that point and gone, look at what he's saying about you. He's, yeah, he's yeah. saying you're not actually that good. He's saying yeah. you've been lucky. Yeah. Let's go out there and show them. Yeah. And why give the ammunition? And is why is losing it? Is this yeah. indication that he might be sort of losing the, it a bit? The luck thing is, I mean, yes, there has been some luck. But every team that wins the league will have some luck. And the fact yeah. is, it's nearly April. They're five points clear of the Premier League. That's not luck. And what they've done, and it is a remarkable story, what they've done... Is, as, and we've said this on virtually every pod, they've taken a team in which, apart from Schmeichel at the start of the season, you probably wouldn't have had any of their players in our team, and they're going to win the Premier League with it. And they were a better team than I thought, watching them live. Who would you have now in the team from Leicester? Well, all of them, pretty much. Why would you not? If they're five points... I'd swap Morgan League. for Dan. Yeah. Well, you, you would. Fuchs but, for yeah, but look at their look at their record of conceding. I'd, I'd yeah. take Schmeich. Absolutely take Schmeich over Hennessy. Yeah. That's a no contest. Even yeah. though Schmeich was a bit of a flat take Can't say drink water for whoever we've got in midfield. You can't say definitely. I take Fuchs. You take Mares. You definitely take Vardy. At the moment, you're talking Dan, yeah. Dan over Morgan, perhaps, and that's about it, really. Yeah. Which is a bit depressing. Yeah. Um, well, Vardy, I don't. Vardy's. Stop scoring goals, but he's still his work rate is phenomenal. Yeah, still he's, assisting, he's got an assist. He's phenomenal. I mean, yeah. that, is the, that was the big difference as well. Is that there? I'd say their front four was because that's the frustrating thing. They're watching them live. They're a better team than I. Not that I gave them credit for, but they are a better team than I thought. But they're still not. They're not Barcelona. The problem is no, no, gonna, no, no one's gonna, no one no. plays as if they're playing against Leicester. That's you saw that. that. You saw yeah. that with us. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we yeah. we decided right. We're going to pretend that we've got Danny Alves and Jordi flipping yeah. Alba yeah. on the wings. We're going to really push up and try to double up on them uh, on the overlap. We're not. We're not going to try and you know pass the ball through the midfield. We're yeah. not going to sit deep against them and try to deal with the fact that we know we're going to get the counter. We're going to play against them the exact same way we play against everyone else, which is you know very very nondescriptly, but. So many teams have done it against Leicester this season. Yeah. Man City have done it against them twice and got yeah. absolutely tanked yeah, by yeah, them yeah. twice. Yeah. There have been any number of matches. and It's only been in the last sort of five or six for Leicester where some opposition like Newcastle last week have now started to go, do you know what, we probably need to now think how we tactically deal yeah. with that team that we're going to be facing and how they tactically approach matches. And it's only been th- since then that Leicester new found manager, things a bit more new difficult. New manager at Newcastle. Yeah. New manager at Newcastle as well. But... Uh, 
it, it was kind of one of those performances from Palace and it, it's, it's probably been the case for a lot of teams against Leicester where you don't play the opposition that you know no. you've got coming up you play your, your own game in this really sort of arrogant and complacent manner expecting it to be yeah. capable and sort of sufficient against anyone and it sometimes isn't Wes Morgan won 97% of the tackles he went in for <laughs> really yeah. so it's I'd be disappointed lost. with that but if I were him but it's, but it's Wes Morgan <laughs> And I don't mean any disrespect by that, but it's Wes Morgan, who was, yeah. a, who was who's played in a championship for most of his career. The thing I found most... Who, th- who Forest fans used to joke about, because he's wholehearted but slow, and and it's Robert Huth, who was a... Yeah, I know he's won a championship, was a really competent centre-back, but any any pundit at the start of the season would choose Delaney and Dan over Morgan and Huth, and it's, it's, and it's great, and it's wonderful, and I can't, I'm all for anything that shakes up... Sort of full, but at no stage it's like, well, run at them. Yeah. Run at the two centre backs in. And I know but we're not the only team that hasn't done that. We are. And that's why Leicester says so what Leicester have done brilliantly is, is create this sort of mystique about themselves that they've almost they carry themselves with the demeanour of champions in a way, which kind of it's like it's an intimidating effect. And it's and even like Okazaki, you know, it's Okazaki, but he's it's just his constant movement, his energy, but they they only do it when they need to do it. Yeah. It's like they're perfectly happy for the for the ball to be floating about in another part of the and as soon as they get the opportunity, the four of them break yeah. as a unit. Yeah. And but also, how easy did we, that's the annoying thing. We made it so easy for Mares, so easy for Mares, and it, they always seem to have one more player on the pitch. I know everyone talks about Kante's like two players. That's bollocks. Is not they've got eleven players on the pitch. They just seem to be fitter than us. They've got more energy, and the fact that they they to say every time Zahar got the ball, they had two or three round him, and every time Mares had the ball, we just. Giving him the freedom of the six. The same with their goal. Ward, the amount of space Ward gave Vardy for that goal, and we'd had warnings two or three times before that. And then Myra's just on his own, hmm. virtually on the penalty. It's like what's and Suarez? Suarez was wasn't even in the box. It's just I don't understand what's the, the Suarez thing. You kind of you can only try and give him some sort of credit and say he was doing what he was told to do because otherwise that's a mystifying. Hmm. And I know we, he didn't have a good game at Reading, but that was just mystifying the way he played against. And I don't know whether the plan was that we did get our full-backs forward and that we would keep them so occupied at the other end that they, would be, they wouldn't have a chance to score. But, but it was just the if, if that really was the plan, that was, that was mindless. It's totally mindless. I agree. I quite agree. But the fact is that Suarez is not capable of doing that going forward anyway. But then if Suarez is going to do that, Ledley's... And I think Ledley's had a decent few games, but he's not quick enough to cover in that space behind him. Well, in that case, why is Balassi doing it? Mm. It's just that we, you know, I know we're all armchair experts, but we all watch the game against Newcastle and we all go, okay, that's that's good. Newcastle made a fair fist of it. So Leicester, look, Leicester after five minutes, Leicester realised that they'd beaten us. The problem was it was it was just drearily predictable from sort of front to start. And the problem is like if you set up in the man that that we set up, and if you have. Those three in midfield that we we've had now for a few weeks, and nobody really operating at number ten, yeah. and the opposition knowing that those two fullbacks are going to get a bit scared if they go too far, which yeah. they're, they're clearly ordered to because they've got nothing in behind them because they're not very good and they're not going to be able to recover. Opposition teams know where the ball's going to. Yeah. They know that, and it's just very predictable patterns of play now. Get the ball out to Kabai, who might yeah, yeah. might hopefully yeah. advance a little bit. He's going to look for Zaha, yeah, or he's going to look for Balassi. Balassi, yeah, yeah. you know, one of them is going to try and fashion something out of nothing and hope that they can beat two men. Like there's there's no sort of guile in the team at the moment. There's there's and maybe it takes the return of punch. And I don't know. Maybe it takes somebody who can play properly at number ten. I I, yeah. I don't know equally or that. Or change the whole system. Well, see the thing is, it might have been different as a lot of Palace fans. If Wickham was playing up front, it might have been different because he would have played up against one of the two centre backs. 
or he would have because he's far more mobile than Adebayo. He may at least have taken one of the centre backs into midfield or out to the side because they depend. He would have at least have given him some problems because Adebayo was so immobile. Yeah. But the other thing is, well, and I, and I, how many times I have to say this? And I, I will say it every single pod. I don't care how many times people tweet me. We talk about their energy in midfield, Leicester. We've got Boating, not even on the... We know how good Boating is. Mm-hmm. Why, are we, why are we not giving Boating a try? Just got back out to Plymouth again. I know, they? why? We know how fit he is. We know how mobile he is. Why not Why not give him a try? Because we're, that was the, the biggest... They were just buzzing around us in midfield. It's like, these are, why not try these options? Because we're so limited in... in like you say, plan A's not working. Plan B's not that much different to plan A. There is no plan C. Give it, try something different. You can't play an expansive system with the likes of Jednak and and Ledley, and at least with with Boateng, he would have more mobility. You know, it it would at least not look quite as ridiculous as it sometimes does in that slightly more open and slightly wider system that that Ledley and Jednak sometimes do. And not only it's the same. It's the same theory as the reason. The reason he should have played uh, Julian in the Liverpool game as we talked about before if Julian had made that mistake the crowd wouldn't have got on his back mm. if you've got Boateng in midfield no one's ever going to have a go at him yeah. they're not going to have a go at him they're going to applaud whatever he does yeah. and he's going to bring an energy into it and it's just like it, 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 Lee bringing energy into it it's just like he tries things okay, you know, try the Lee experiment he goes well that's not worked instead of going well let's try it with other players and Lee it's just like well he's not working it's like, and yet he persists with Suarez I mean Kelly must be Kelly must sit on that bench thinking what the do yeah. I have to do because yeah. it, it's, it's just it's mystifying why Suarez I mean that first half display from Suarez although do we think was, the fact that he did take him over half time and brought Kelly on might be an admission that he's thinking alright I do have to change this in future games I yeah, do have to sure, give Kelly more of a we knew, we've known that and I still think Pardew's a good manager and I still want him to stay managed but we've known that for three or four games we saw the writing was on the wall at Reading it's like why does it have to after, why does it need 45 minutes of that mm-hmm. before Pardew goes oh I'm not getting this right and you know the fact that he replaced the both left sided midfield players it's like, that's not just getting it slightly wrong it's completely cocking and up Ward as well I know he's it's sort it's of just not. It's, it's, it's not the done thing to criticise Joel Ward is it but he's, he's not, struggling not. at the moment isn't he's he? the he's most still... overrated player that Palace have had in the last two decades no I disagree I disagree wow. with that I disagree with that as I think I, think he's a, I actually think he's a very good player <laughs> And I think he's been a really good player. I know you're being There's deliberately... There's been worse, surely. No, I know you're being deliberately provocative, but I do disagree with that. So I do think I think he's a proper, genuine Premier League hmm. quality defender. Just struggling at the moment. There's something wrong at the moment. It's clearly so. In the same way there was with Punchin. Mm-hmm. He's a really good player, but we knew for that three or four weeks before he was injured, there was something wrong with Punchin. And it's the same reward. He's just not... I mean, he used to have a lot of energy. He used to get up and down that... that Quite, and he just he seems to have lost either he's not properly fit or he's lost the will and to do it or he's been confidence seems to have drained a bit doesn't it well that's that's the problem with the whole back four that's the, that is the that's the issue with the whole back four to be perfectly honest is there a problem like, with Pardew at the moment as well because those programme notes he was spiky after the game again spiky after yeah. Liverpool do we think he might be unravelling a little bit under the pressure I think I think he is he's, he's one of these managers who he rides the crest of a wave when the luck is going for him and doesn't really play it in a cautious manner that means that he won't always be able to ride that crest of the luck. But equally, he doesn't mitigate against the luck going against him by playing in a slightly more cautious manner when he has to. And because of that, he ends up basically looking like he's utterly down in the dumps when it does start going against mm. him. And it's it's... You know, bipolar is the wrong probably term for it, but like certainly he goes from one extreme in terms mm. of how he reacts to the wins 
on the good runs to how he reacts to the like losses. Some Palace fans, perhaps, yeah, maybe in that way he's entirely fitting to be manager, frankly. But I mean, he, you know, the one thing that you'd be saying about his role, and certainly I, I don't ascribe to a lot of the theories that you get about managers generally. The one thing he should be doing at the moment is just saying to these players, "Look, the the luck is running against you. Yeah. We're, we're not deserving some of the results that we're getting, and we haven't on this run deserved yeah. all of the results that we've got. You just need to keep your heads on the game. Just you know, keep focused. Stop worrying about it too much. Eventually, it will even itself out. But instead, he seems to get it, like just into this slightly fanatical almost." Um, depression about what's going on and as you say it becomes spiky at pundits and at sort of TV people and in interviews and in his sort of programme notes and it, it just makes it entirely frustrating to have to listen to it well, frankly. He's, he's, yeah. he's got the demeanour at the moment of somebody who's accidentally clicked on the BBC website and seen the league table for the first time because until the Liverpool game it was kind of like they hadn't realised what was going on and it's since the Liverpool game and you can understand and again, I think, you know, Sky do it deliberately, BBC do it deliberately. They love shoving the camera and the microphone in front of a manager who's just lost under really controversial circumstances. So I'd, I actually don't blame him for that. I mean, the programme notes, I just thought, were just ill-advised. And he's just he's just got the demeanour of somebody who realises that actually there aren't that many points between us and going down. And five that, points currently, and that, I think. Yeah, and that you look seven at... Seven points? Minutes, well, <laughs> seven. We're five, well, five points above Norwich, seven points above... But with the goal difference, it's, right. it, it's eight, and and it's all and you know Pardew in the stand again. I'll be, be, be you know, we'll get two wins before the semi-finals. That'd be relaxing. It's like, well, have a look at the games we're exactly. playing. Exactly, because I wouldn't be convinced that we'd beat Norwich at the moment at home. Because the, the fact is that our home form was, I think, it's the first time, only the second time ever we've lost six games on the trot at, at home. Yeah, and that's six. And again, it comes down to this conversation, and I'm not, I'm not arguing that we should set the manager I don't want to set the manager but I still don't understand why any other club in the Premier League people will be going well they'd set the manager surely when you've just lost six games at home and the rest of your season at home has been pretty poor as well when you haven't won in 14 games when you've you know, and when you're the only team in England that hasn't won in 2016, year. And, and of course the world, and of course there are circumstances. <laughs> and the fact is, there are. I know there are Palace fans going, oh, "Well, let's do it properly. Let's not win a game for the rest of the season." But you know, because mm. that's the sort of thing Palace do. But I, and you know, and it's great. You stand in people go, "Oh, well, it would be just like Palace to win away at Arsenal." Well, it would, but I'm yeah. not entirely sure that's going to happen. No. And Can I, I, I offer... think we'll get. I think we'll get. We'll pick up a couple of points, but I. I I just yeah I just thank Christ that was a draw against Newcastle and Sunderland. I mean I just think because they've all they've still got Norwich have still got Sunderland and Newcastle to play, yeah. And you can't imagine us not getting a point or two points, and which should be enough. But something's there's got to be some drastic surgery over the over the summer. There has to be. Can the, I the um... cup run? And the, the thing is, the cup runners. Has, has been a massive sticking plaster on the on the problem. But it's it's only now. The club seems to have realised that there's a an issue, and now and now Alex Neil from Norwich has started playing mind games. Mm-hmm. Saying, well, they're right, they're right in it. Well, well now it's know. like you know, listen to any pop football podcast now or read articles. Yeah. People are talking about Palace's relegation, serious relegation. Some, some people, well, the bookies aren't, and it is. I mean, I think most people, I think logic would say, and, and I've done a lot of research. You know, I've still got my bit of paper in my pocket. Logic would say it is it is Villa are down, and it's two out of that next three, but. 
it's it's been done before and it's there was a study that said we had five percent four percent chance of going down so yeah, people who know that sort of thing yeah we we got there is a, there's no point denying we've got a chance of going down now we have but so have Watford still technically and yeah. Swansea and yeah West Brom if you like can I offer a theory as to why things might be going badly which I saw on um, one of the message boards uh, someone's put I won't name them. Uh, I thought it was very funny. Is pollution making Palace's performance worst at home? Well, Re- research in the Bundesliga have found that number of passes a footballer makes uh, when pollution is higher around the grounds, it's l- uh, less passes. <laughs> if you look at a pollution map of London, you'll see that it is highest in Croydon than anywhere else. Well, also, yeah, because we've got the jerk chicken place next door that, that does us a lot of so there you beautiful, go. beautifully smelling smoke, I have to say. <laughs> it's the nicest smelling smoke, but there is... So maybe we were I never going to... I don't gonna... know, but that's, there's, there's something. It's We can't... The fact that we can't grind up—that's the worrying thing. If, and I couldn't be more pleased that Pulis is not our manager. But we would have picked up three more points this season just by getting draws from games. You know, the Bournemouth game—we wouldn't have lost that Bournemouth game. Mm. The Liverpool game, and the fact is as well. The worrying thing is as well that the atmosphere wasn't brilliant on Saturday. It's not been for a while. Though, but as I soon think. as Leicester scored, that was it. I just think every Palace fan in the ground knew what was going to happen and that's not been the case in the past there was a report in the um, Evening Standard I saw today was they saying Palace are sleepwalking to relegation is that a fair way of putting it I think that's a bit harsh it feels more not, like sort of stumbling in the dark than actually sleepwalking doesn't well it, I'm not sure what the difference between stumbling and well yeah, because you you're not asleep yeah, but <laughs> I, well I don't think relegation I don't think we're going to get relegated but I think we've we talked about this over and over again I think the transfer window indicated a level of complacency without a doubt. And the fact is as well, we all talked about Balassi coming back. How many points have we got since Balassi come back? One? Yeah. So we need a not, new silver bullet. We basically well that's the fact we haven't got what you know we've got Wickham to come now everyone's going, I'll be fine when Wickham comes back or MacArthur comes back. But it's just not happening. It's just not and then you do start to wonder how many more games do we have to lose before somebody says, hang on is David Moyes available? I don't. I don't know. I just don't. I think Steepwalk is not. But there is an element. I think. I think there is an element of complacency at the club, without a doubt. I think there is an element of. Yeah, of course we'll get another win or another two wins, or yeah, you know us will win four at the last five, and, and logic indicates that we won't. That's the worry, especially at home, because that home record is hmm. fatal. And the worse it gets, the more clear Norwich aren't going to be scared of coming to Sellers Park. Well, I don't think anyone is no. at the moment. And why would they be? Given our home form. Yeah, and we're, we're tentative at, at home at best. So, so should Andy, should Pardew be under more, should his job be under more pressure? Or is he being saved by well, the there FA Cup? Are, are, I think there are already starting to be some reports in the media about the security of his job. I've seen a few, albeit that there haven't been a huge amount. There's still been a few. Certainly, I think if you look at consensus amongst Palace fans which there is never any of but there's still a fair groundswell I'd say of opinion who thinks that Pardew should now already go and who uh, even on the slightly more objective fringes are starting to really really question mm. what he's doing so what do you guys think? I I don't it, it's, a, it's a difficult one because I, I think that we have at times in this run been the victim of bad luck and of some bad refereeing decisions and I don't tend to agree with people who make managers out to be messiahs who are responsible for everything to do with the football club and everything to do with their results there are far too many variables involved in a football match for for that to be the case however he is making some very strange decisions and he's Mm -hmm. making some strange tactical decisions he's making some very strange in-game decisions 
and he is clearly not making the most of some of the tools that he has at his disposal in terms of the squad that's there. Would I sack him? Probably not, because I, I just uh, the new manager bounce is statistically not a thing. You know, we, we think that it is a thing, but teams tend to sack their managers just before the regression to the mean yeah, thing yeah, ends yeah. up happening. That probably <laughs> oh, would have happened ding, ding, anyway. Ding. Yep, and th- there's a fiver there. Um, so two uh, people use that phrase in the Porsons arms. On really, the <laughs> people <laughs> that would never have dreamt of using. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. The FYP hipster. Mm. Um, and. I, I tend to think it doesn't, you know, it, it, would it help us a huge amount at this stage of the season? Probably not. But is there, you know, strategic rationale for us in the summer having a look and saying, is he the right guy to be at the helm to remould that squad? Because there's a fair element of that squad that's now at the age that it needs to start yeah. thinking about succession planning the club. Is he the right guy to be in charge of that rebuilding job? I don't know the answer to that. Several people have asked me in person and on Twitter whether I still think Pardew should be our manager for the next five years which is what I said earlier in the season and it's slightly tricky for me because people think I'm associated with the club and therefore not able to give a firm opinion one way or another but just before Christmas we were worried that we might lose Pardew because England would be after him as manager mm-hmm. and we all thought well, he was the best you know, he, he was the third best manager in the country in that calendar year with Newcastle and Palace, and you know, well, mainly with Palace, obviously, and we we're all talking about what a good manager he was and how rosy the future was. So he's not become. Having said that, I agree totally with what Andy says, and the fact is that if that continuity, if keeping Pardew jeopardises our place in the Premier League, which at the moment I think it might do, then I would I would see the logic of going. If David Moyes is available, I don't know. What, what I wouldn't want us to do is what Newcastle have done, which is to get Benitez in, give him a break clause in his contract, and so give him no real motivation or component. Because frankly, even if, it, if Newcastle stay up, I don't think Benitez will stay there as manager. So you have to look at who the people are that are available. And all the people that are talking about Steve Koppel and Doogie Freeman. And it's like, I was amazed how many people on Saturday were talking about Doogie Freeman and saying they hoped that Forrest had sacked him because he wanted to come back to us. And it's like, unless the question is, which money-grabbing fucker do you want to manage your club? Which money-grabbing... I'll say that again for your editing purposes. <laughs> unless the question is, which money-grabbing <laughs> mediocre manager do you want back? Then the answer's not Doogie Freeman. And God love him, the answer's not Steve Koppel. Chris Coleman, there's rumours of Chris Coleman. But, but why, why would Chris Coleman come to... Per- I, I, the thing I is, you have know. to look around at who you're going to get. And the fact is, that if we stay up, then I think Pardew will have had the shot across the bows that he needs. Then the fact is, again, but with the money that we need to spend to get players in, and we know that he's completely in charge of transfers, the squad needs a massive overhaul, but not just in personnel, but as Streety says, in terms of different ways of playing. The home form needs a massive... That home form's got to be rectified because we're struggling to sell season tickets again. Season ticket sales are ground or hall. And the cup run has covered up a lot of things. The home form, the home form is just... It's miserable now. It's like it's like the old days of Trevor Francis or Warnock or Doogie Freeman. Well, it's to like leave. 98 when we couldn't win well, a home you game don't wanna, you, you don't really want to leave the pub anymore because it's not... And it's, again, you don't mind You don't mind if you're in closely fought contests that you lose. Like the Liverpool game, at least we had the satisfaction of being the better team for mm-hmm. 70 minutes and mm-hmm. it all went pear-shaped. The Leicester game, we weren't in the game from the start against Leicester. We weren't in the game pretty much against Bournemouth. We weren't in the game. It's like that's not... It's relegation that's form, not, that's, form, not, isn't it? that's not good enough. And, that, and that's, 
And I don't no, I don't think we should sack Pardew, and I don't think they will. And I think even if the worst comes to the worst, which I don't think will, I don't think we'll go down. I think if we were, I think they would keep Pardew on to get us back up again, like West Ham. But something's there's got to be, something's got to be done. And I'd be, to come back to that thing about sleepwalking, there isn't. I, there is definitely an element of that from the management, from from the owners. Even from the fans, especially if the, you know, at the moment the atmosphere is of a team that are in ninth or tenth place that are waiting for the season to end. It's like no, it's not. It's mm. more serious than that. We've got a really difficult next game against West Ham, and then suddenly everyone's talking about the Norwich game being a six-pointer. You know, because you know Norwich playing Newcastle, you hardly know what what results best. So it's. But my theory I don't think Pardew's going to be our manager for the next five years again is the, is the other thing but then the other thing is who's going to come in I think Pardew's almost his reputation has been really tarnished by this because this feels different to that when the, when Newcastle finished fifth one season and then whatever it was 17th next season they did still pick up the odd good result here and there and also everyone knew that Pardew was working with one hand tied behind his back at Newcastle mm. they knew that the management structure was almost impossible to work with. They knew that they weren't his players coming in. He hasn't got that excuse anymore. He's in charge of everything. Yeah. For me, so it is damaging. It's really damaging his reputation. There's no one talking about him being England manager now. No. For me, there's two discrete sort of considerations here. The first one... That's in in the, se- in separate. The, that's in discrete the, in, as in separate, not as in under. Okay, yeah. thanks. It's got two meanings. So it's spelled differently, though. Well, that's what I was talking about, you know, the sort of discreet stuff that James Daly gets up to on a Friday night. That's different to the... Exactly. We're cutting that out. There are are two separate (laughs) considerations for me. The the one is in the short term. I think managers, as I say, I think the whole role of the manager tends to be sometimes overrated and Mm. clubs tend to be the function of their players and who they've got in their squad at any one time. But the big variable is if the manager has lost the confidence of his players to such an extent they start playing in a manner that is almost contradictory to the interests of the club losing the dressing room they sometimes call yeah, it yeah. and in the short term if a manager has lost the dressing room air quotes then it is entirely prudent to get rid of him because if that if it's going to help with the harmony of that group to get rid of that particular figure you don't think, figure you don't think that's happened to I, I don't know I'm no, not I'm not privy enough to I don't, I don't think it has from what I can gather from even from watching the way they play there's no lack of commitment or effort it's just Channeled in the wrong direction, and there's no indication, to be fair, from anyone at the club that that. Yeah. Okay. And in the past, it's been easy to pick up those vibes, so there's no sense. I think the players feel that they've been hard done by, and and luck hasn't gone their way, and they're certainly behind him, I think. And that would be the short term sort yeah. of uh, consideration for me, and that's why I, I I think it would be, and as as long as you know all of the the soundings that are coming out from the club and everything that. Kevin has heard is accurate and all that sort of stuff then it seems to me there's very little to be gained by getting rid of him Mm. however the second consideration which is the long term consideration is is he the right man Mm. to oversee uh, an overhaul Mm. in that squad and a man who has a strategic vision for how he wants to take that squad forward and how he wants that club to play from top to bottom and maybe he's not the right man for that you know he was we talk about him having a hand behind his back at Newcastle but in some ways it helped him you know he had someone in car who was able to bring in these fantastic players and hand them on a plate to him and who was able to sort of work within certain confines and say you know these are the players you've got coming in now think about how you're going to work them into a system rather than being given a bit more leeway to say right I'm going to say who I want to come in I'm going to build the system around a slightly more amorphous vision of what I've got yeah. here but his, his argument would be about the car players the same as Steve McLaren's argument about the car players is that for every Kabai he bought in. He bought six or seven in that 
just have sat on the bench and not justified the money because they went along this Franco, this French-speaking route. And so on. But what you say is really interesting about not knowing how important the manager is, and that I think at continental clubs that's a very good point because they all work within a different structure. But when you've got a manager like Pardew who insists that he's in, as Pulis does, that he's in charge of everything. Pulis won't work with the director of football. He's in charge of the whole kit and caboodle. And Pardew, yeah, we all heard him at the Player of the Year thing last year talking about how brilliant it was to be to come to Palace and demanding that he's in charge of everything when you insist that you're in charge of everything then it's you it's, it stops at your door basically then you are the one that's responsible for for, for the whole club for the way things are working well you're the one who's accountable for it yeah, exactly, even, yeah. if, even if it's not yeah. something that's your fault yeah, or that it's, it's your responsibility yeah. when it goes well it's, it's yeah. going to fall on your head yeah, because, because I completely agree with because, that because as you said before when, you, when he's, you've got a manager like Pardew who's so willing to take the credit even when it's possibly not because of something he's done. But when he's willing to take the credit, when things go well, he's got to stand up and take the blame. And the fact is, he doesn't. he's not good at taking it on the chin. He's not good at saying, you know, it, it's like you say, you know, Leicester have been lucky, referees have been poor, finishing hasn't been, you know, this, that and the other. And it's like the one thing he's never said is, you know, we need to have a think about this. Things are not going well. I need to look at me and, and work out what's and that's and you can't sometimes as a fan that's all you want mm. all you want to hear you want someone to go that's just not been good is it and then we're trying to work out why and, and with any luck we'll get a little you know, the little break that we need because yeah. we all think we need a little break but and that's all the manager has to say he doesn't have to well, stop well funny you should say that because yeah. the pod needs a little break oh, right now so oh, we're going to end wow he's getting better and better isn't he we're going to end part one right wow. there in oh, part two wow. we've got <laughs> quite, I've peaked I've slicker than the bow of Pat Suarez's boots I've absolutely <laughs> peaked uh, the pod's <laughs> over pod's <laughs> over pod's <laughs> over for the season no um, in part two we've got questions from our listeners so join us in a bit welcome back to this week's five year plan podcast pod 174 sponsored by vector printing for all your printing embroidery needs go to vector.co.uk and that's vector with a k and jcis the global research and brand consultancy from south london visit jc-is.com i will will. it's question time before i've got a question which number pod is this 174 where were we in the league for pod number one do you remember oh no, no, but it'd have been under George Burley. No, that's no, not prior. Pod number one yeah. was recorded uh, away at Nottingham, F- Nottingham Forest. I think under Warnock, Shevki Kuki scored. I oh, think well. it was the post-playoff season. So I think it was yeah. the season where we went sort of super average under Warnock. And then when so it was like two thousand eight, rough two thousand eight or something. Two thousand. Oh, was far back as yeah. that, was it? Yeah, yeah. Oh well, crikey. Yeah. Well. Yeah, we didn't do many. It's only in the last few years they yeah, started doing was, regular yeah, yeah. ones. Yeah. And as a result, we've got a lot of regular questions. And in fact, this week we've oh, had... He's we've on had, fire tonight, isn't he? Yeah, well, wow. you know. Um, and uh, we've had a lot. I've, I've, I've picked... I've actually picked out loads. We're not going to get through them all, so I apologise. Somebody asked me in the Porson's Arms and suddenly went... Said, you know when he says he's, he has a lot of questions? Does he have a lot of questions? Does he just read out the first three? We've seriously had... I've, really? I've, I've, I've got it down to 35 questions. Oh, the mother of God, really. Yeah, but we're not going to get through them all. Literally, it's going to be questions. time. Strap yourself in, listeners. <laughs> okay, and the first one comes from Oliver Moth. Oh, hi, Oliver. Oliver. And Oliver says, my, luck, my lucky Bloody Mary before FA Cup games ritual seems to be working. <laughs> Should I risk it for a league game? <laughs> That's a fantastically bourgeois. <laughs> I, yes, I let yes. Kevin deal with those ones. Yes, I think uh, it's an interesting point, isn't it? Whether the uh, the luck and the superstition crosses between competitions, but 
I, mate, I'm trying everything at the moment. I'm <laughs> seriously, I'm I'm putting programs in different pockets. I'm sitting in different carriages with trains on the way to the Odyssey. So yes, give it a go. Anything you never know what might what might change to that. So I yeah. agree. And also the fact is, you'll probably enjoy the game a little bit more. Yeah. But well done for having a lucky bloody miracle. <laughs> Don't ask for one in the Paulson's arms, you'll get a strange look. But Yeah, yeah you get chucked yeah. out. Um, okay, Phil Walsh. Oh, hi, hi, Phil. It says, has the, quote, Palace won't go down thinking from outside the club put inadvertent pressure on the team and contributed to the to the winless run? I think well, we've been complacent. What? That's a very... Do you think we've been complacent? Though, that isn't it? Was, that's just, I think, no doubt we talked about that in the first half, but that's... Oh, a, I forgot already. That's, um, <laughs> I don't blame you. That's, actually, that's a really good question, yeah. whether that... That constant refrain from pundits and papers that we're fine, we're safe. It's only na- it's only literally in the last week that people have started to talk that's, about us in that mix. That yeah, well, that's mind you, that's only because Norwich won uh, West Brom. To be honest, if they hadn't, mm-hmm. I think people would still be saying, "Yeah, we're we're perfectly safe," as we probably are. But that's you know that may have added to the complacency without a doubt. Without, you know, because the players do, we know that they say they don't read. You know, papers or whatever they, but they all watch Match of the Day hard to ignore all, it isn't it they all watch Match of the Day and they all watch Chris Kamara on a Sunday morning so if if they are going oh yeah we're fine it'll be alright I think it's inevitable yeah. frankly that yeah, some external that. perceptions will bleed through I mean they're, yeah. they're not going to be going on the BBS for example because it's full of lunatics yeah. but they might be you know <laughs> eventually by sort of powers well, of, yeah, of yeah. osmosis we can't now promote the pod on the BBS yeah. so thanks I'm I'm one of those lunatics, so I've got nothing <laughs> yeah. to say about it. Um, That's the view of Andy Street, not necessarily of the rest exactly. of the podcast. Well, exactly. fr- frankly, if they want to sue me, they're welcome to and give it a go. Other message boards they are available. Afford, they can't afford to sue you, you know. <laughs> for the love of God. Uh, but I, I would be very surprised if these guys, you know, insulate themselves and the squad insulates itself, and Pardew insulates itself from all external forms of media it's and opinion and to, punditry. Surely. Well, no, they, they'll, they'll do stuff like you know, if, if they've got even a passing external interest in football or they want to watch the other games going on, they'll hear the sort of punditry before mm. and after yeah, Super Sunday on Sky Twitter. They do watch those things. And I, I know footballers, they don't get involved. They don't tend to read papers. They read their, their player scores in the papers. Yeah. But they don't listen. They don't listen to podcasts. They don't read fanzines. They don't mm. tend what? to read. Them. I know, they, but they don't. But they do watch. Mm. They do watch Match of the Day and they do watch Goals on Goals Sunday. Goals on Sunday, yeah. And of course there is that, but also the other thing is what it helps, for the want of a better word, with complacency, is that we haven't been getting, we haven't been getting battered or outplayed, you know, and the goal difference is still staying remarkably healthy because we've only been losing by the odd goal, and the performances, <laughs> there's been something pretty well, even apart from Leicester probably, but there's been encouragement. There's been well, that was a one-off yeah. that probably started the rot, but there's been encouragement in most performances, so. But yeah, I think actually, I think that's a really good question. I think well, following on question, from that, so. I, th- I think there's an element of it. Yeah, sure. I think yeah. he's right. Yeah, well, following but, but, but related, I, that hadn't occurred to me before. But I think well, this one, this question right. will from Tom Fla- Flaherty. Hi, Tom. Hi, Tom. He says, is "You're Ken- Irish. You're supposed to be able to pronounce Flaherty Fla- properly." Flaherty. <laughs> I'm going to Ireland next week. Um, oh, is Kerry? How to Kerry? Dingle Bay. Kerry. 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 It's beautiful. Dingle Bay. Yeah, it's very nice. Doing a gig. No. Thank Christ. <laughs> really? Oh, they would have ripped you from limb to limb. Well, yeah, they probably would. <laughs> uh, well, until they find out my last name's Daly, then they might be on my side. That's no, they like a bit of women's school comedy over there. Well, there you go. <laughs> I am available for gigs. Um, <laughs> right, this question from Tom. Is, Hi, Tom. Is Kevin Day going to admit that this slump that will end in Palace's relegation is down to him saying we won't get relegated in December? <laughs> I, 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 Tom, trust me, 
There's been some terrible things that have happened in my family in the last two or three years. But the one thing that's kept me awake at night is the fact that I said publicly we wouldn't go down. I know I know I said it and I know you goaded me into it like an old bear in a in a bear baiting medieval pit years ago. You poked me with sticks and yeah, forced me to say I I trust me I'm aware I'm aware of that, that I said it and I've been trying to I've, I've been playing this game with fate ever since but yeah but you said it again on this board you've said it again today yeah, but it won't I'm old enough as Mrs Day keeps pointing out to me it won't be my bleeding fault if we do <laughs> there are other factors involved but I, w- I do wish I hadn't said it out loud there basically. are other factors and Nick Shepard hi Nick, oh, hi, Nick. has uh, suggested one he said Einstein's definition of insanity is yeah. doing the same thing over and over again yeah. and expecting different results. Actually, it's actually, actually lots of people attribute that quote to him, but it's never actually been fully, fully proven that it was yeah. actually him who said it. Okay. Nevertheless, I don't think it's the attribution of the quote that's the important thing here. It's the... <laughs> so I've just been glared at by Mrs Day. <laughs> I wish I could explain to you why. Um, it's the, the actual quote. Read out the quote again because it's important. The definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. Yeah. It's quite a good quote. Though. It's a good even, quote. Even if it isn't on it's, it's, it's a good quote. It applies to the pod as well. Yeah. It's applicable. <laughs> 177. <laughs> yeah, it, it, yes, I think that's a very good a very good point in that we, as, as Andy articulated so well earlier in, the, in this pod, that we don't seem to be able to adapt. But you'd think we've got the players to do it, but we don't seem to be able to. Mm. The fact is that... Unless you can impose in a way that Leicester, without even without even really noticing it, impose their way of playing on you, unless you've got a system that's almost player-proof that you can play with any, you know. And let's be fair, let's come back to it. Leicester have had a, a golden season in that the players and the system have worked, but we haven't got a sort of system. Pulis did, and I hate to say it, Pulis had a system that he imposed on other teams. That for the most part worked, and if it didn't, mm. the wheels fell off. Well, that's why Joel Ward looked good in that system. That's why Jednak did. That's why yeah, yeah. Ledley did. Yeah. That's why Delaney looked fantastic in that system because yeah. you're playing that nice compact game. Yeah. It's not going to stretch those players out over big spaces. Yeah, and the, and the fact exactly. is as well that Pardew, whether he thinks he's more sophisticated, but Pardew won't. Revo- he won't even resort to a sort of route one. The amount of times we've said, well, let's miss out the midfield then. If the midfield are not that mobile or capable of holding the ball, let's let's take a deep breath and go. He's desperate, uh, desperate to sort of stick to his ethos. Of yeah, he is, but even so, even, even now, it's, it's another hang-up for the Pulis here, which is that Delaney 65-yard pass, which is, is the hang-up. But it's like, well, let's... Do you know what? If things aren't going badly, let's resort. Let's let's keep uh, let's keep Adibai on and put Gale up next to him, just boot it, just let him try and pick up the pieces. You know, because that's the sort of thing we don't even... And yeah, in a way, it's admirable that Pardew still wants to play football. But when it's not working, yeah, change it. Yeah, yeah. try something different, it, or try different personnel. There are, yeah, there are other. We have do have other players at the club that you could try. Give it, you know, give these things a go, and we'll forgive that because you you just want to see. And then, but because the, the fact is that I know there are, there are Palace fans on Saturday at halftime going, "Well, fair play to Pardew, he changed it at halftime." Well, yeah, fair play to Pardew, but that was an act of desperation. That mm. wasn't a tactical tweak. That wasn't. Mm. You know, other clubs would have been two 0 up at half time and then brought somebody on to keep hold of that two 0 lead. But that, that was just that was a, ma- a manager going, Christ, that really gnaws that up. I'm going to have to do something publicly to make. But but I think that's a, a yes again another good. Question. Well, on that theme, this is a great question. On that theme, uh, we've got do you know what I don't like though. I feel like we're now being sort of repeatedly 
intellectually outdone by our, our, our own listeners I'm not I'm <laughs> have YouTube. we not always always been no I mean there, there's just grandstanding going on in these questions <laughs> no, now I'll challenge, in fact alright you've annoyed me now I'll challenge, <laughs> I will challenge any of our listeners in a 20 question pub quiz oh what, what subjects like history English football no we science. should make that happen. <laughs> no science. No science. <laughs> we'll just cut off that side <laughs> yeah. of human existence. It's not achieved. I uh, know he's quotes. Of course, everybody knows he's quotes. Well, JD doesn't know. He's not, Mostly, sorry, next he's question. Not, he's not representative. Okay, <laughs> thanks. Here's a um, <laughs> The next question is from Upcar Baradia. Hi, Upcar. Hi, Upcar. This is so good. He says, on a slightly more popular podcast this week, I'm not sure this is such a thing, it was revealed that Pardew took a southern train... And as he reached his stop, he realised he was standing in front of the non-opening doors. He then had to turn tail or moonwalk his way off the train. Is this another example of his innate rashness in making decisions? Or should Palace fans be glad we have a manager with such confidence in himself? I refuse to laugh at a story plagiarised from another podcast. That's great. Also, it, it, I mean, he moonwalked off. I don't know. What was he doing on a train? Pardew doesn't get trains. <laughs> it was the last time he saw Pardew on a southern train except for a publicity stunt when he's going into a packed pub full of so-called Palace fans it's not, I, I thought it was a great question it's a good question but it's, it's a, it comes out of nothing it's a, it's a question that's made up it's like it's, you might as well have a question saying what do you think of the fact that Mount Rushmore are all Charlton fans are they? no oh jeez <laughs> 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 that sound in the background is my son laughing yeah because he thinks JD said that deliberately no, I didn't say <laughs> it deliberately. He, I, I may, not the fact he doesn't. I may have done. Um, yeah, it is a good question, but I'm not entirely sure that it happened. Is it? I enjoyed it as a question. And also, who is this slightly better podcast that he's talking about? No, there's no such thing. Um, well, it could be one of the 117 that are above us <laughs> at the table, but apart from that. Okay. Um, See what I'm working with, Ed? This question is uh, award-nominated podcast, I think you'll find. Um, By ourselves. Uh, oh, sorry, I thought you were talking about me and being nominated for the BAFTA Award. Have you? I have been, yeah. Congratulations. Yeah, I've been nominated for a BAFTA for Best Pod Carrier. Uh, <laughs> right. That's my favourite form of no, congratulations. Self-congratulations. Well, someone needs to know. Not, that's like I'm telling everybody. I'm nominated. It's not every day. Oh, well done. Well Thank done. Thank you very much. Congrats. Oh, yeah. Thank you. What was it for? Uh, best Writer of an Entertainment Show. It's a new category. <laughs> for which show? For League of Their Own. But oh, no, well no, no one needs to know. <laughs> okay. Still a well, frankly, if you've managed, <laughs> if, if you've managed to make both <laughs> Jamie Redknapp, James Corden and Freddie Flintoff seem moderately funny, then good job. That's well read. Good Redknapp. job. Yeah, I'm, I'm Redknapp's little fat pony. That's my job. You know, in the way that thoroughbred racehorses... So you're saying he rides you? No, I'm saying I'm, I sit in the corner keeping him happy and comfortable. <laughs> okay. He, he doesn't deal with adults very well. Okay. Baftas are Baftas, I always say. Well, I, need, I might need a bigger mantelpiece, you know. But... <laughs> okay, speaking of something that's a bit more, speaking of something that's a bit more adult in theme, not like that. Um, this question has come. This question has come from Martin Walsh. Hi, Martin. Martin. He says, "Can Andy Street explain the legal detail behind the Pulis verdict?" Ah, oh, yes, that's interesting. Was it a fair decision? Should we have been more magnanimous? Well, Martin, because... you get verdicts in criminal trials. This was a civil. Right, uh, but the, the outcome decision. then. Right, I, I, I have to be careful here. Have to be careful. And you have to be I, 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 succinct and, as well. And uh, well, I, Ma- Martin I... is uh, someone that I know off Twitter, so hi Martin, he's right, a very can, nice chap. Can I just say, as an outsider, with no legal experience, it, it did seem that with Pulis having to pay costs as well, it seemed that Pulis totally lost, if uh, one of the better legal expressions. So when you lose in a civil trial of any sort, or at the end of civil proceedings... And it we, t- t- we took him... We instigated the proceedings against him. Is that right? Uh, I, oh, I've got to be careful. I have to be very careful. Yeah, I have enough. to be very careful fair in enough. this. I would probably infer that it was more likely than not that Palace probably 
with a claimant and started those proceedings. Right. And it tends to be the case if you win in a, a litigation of any sort, whether it's a sort of football arbitration or whether it's like a high court civil yeah. claim, the basically the winning party takes home some of their costs. They don't take home everything because right. you'll get sort of capped at a certain level, but you tend to take home some of your, your costs. In terms of the underlying claim itself, you, again, I have to be a little bit careful in what I say because I have certain professional obligations not to say too much about other people's claims and stuff like that. Yeah. However, there's probably a few basic things people need to bear in mind. The first one is that if you lie to get someone to enter into a contract, that contract can be then set aside further down the line. So say I say to Kevin, oh, I'm, I'm basically the world's best comedy agent. Yeah. I, I, I could get you a job at the Astoria tomorrow right. and you enter into a contract with me because of that and it actually turns out that by the Astoria, oh, I yeah, actually yeah. meant Nor- Norbury Weatherspoons. Right, right. I'll uh, still do a gig there. <laughs> you would, without I will doubt, do that. You would without doubt still do I'll a do gig there. I'll do an unpaid there. 10 there. Yeah. However, I would have made a misrepresentation to you and you would have entered into right. the contract and you would have then go, at that point, go, well, that's not great fair I shouldn't be in that contract with you you've completely lied about this I want to get out of the contract and that's how that area of law works was it was it entirely to do with the bonus payment though because again the, the legal reporting seemed to be quite so the reports say that he was made to repay the bonus that became due under some form of contractual arrangement now the thing that I would take from what has been reported and again I don't know exactly what has been decided in that case or why it's been decided or even how the claims were stated right, my, right. My, my guess would be that there's been some form of allegation of misrepresentation someone has said that a contract has been entered into or changed or done away with based on a lie and because of right. that the panel who was in charge of the decision should basically rewind things and unwind all of those sets of circumstances that right. have arisen from that lie right. to try and get the parties back to the position they were in in the first place and at that point they probably will have looked forward and started looking at what bonuses would have arisen what should and shouldn't have been payable in certain circumstances and derived a decision from that so that's kind of basically what is reported anyway and what is out there in the press um, in the various reports and it seems to be the case that Palace have if you want to take at face value what's reported in the Guardian and what's, what's in the BBC ended up being repaid that bonus, being repaid a certain amount in respect to damages and then being paid some of their costs associated with bringing those proceedings. Right, because my, my understanding is, and again, it's interesting because you assume that in this country you would be able to, that these things would be made public once the decision had been made, that you would find out what the circumstances were. My understanding was it was something to do with the timing of the payment of the bonus. Which apparently was, and again, I don't. This is not something I know. But this is what I've gleaned. But it's, it's something to do with the timing being brought forward for whatever reason. But I also I do wonder, like some Palace fans, is I, I, there must have been an element with hindsight. There must have been an element of that in West Brom's performance against us in the first half. I would imagine that he's probably highly motivated ago, to, to play well against from us. What, from what I can gather, the decision had been made had been made known to the parties before it was made public. So I'm I'm wondering whether he knew or had or he guessed by then that he was probably Well these decisions aren't actually supposed to be made public at all. Oh really? Because the oh, whole point oh, the whole point of right. the FA's procedures relating to those type of civil claims between parties in football is it's all supposed to be kept in house and all done under wraps. Basically I, I guess for a few reasons. Number one to keep it cheaper. Number right. two to make it quicker and number three so that stuff that 
might not necessarily want to be leaked out into the public domain, doesn't get out into the public domain. So the, the whole premise of that Rule K procedure, as it's called, is that you're not supposed to have anything published anywhere. And whoever has leaked it to oh, right. a journalist somewhere is actually potentially in breach of the FA's rules by oh, doing so. So, right. so it shouldn't really be published anywhere anyway. And if someone really wanted to keep it out of the press, they probably could have gone marching oh, up to court looking for an injunction. That's a good story. Well, that's, that's, is, yeah. that's very interesting, possibly only to me and not the listeners. But because <laughs> I've I, heard that so many times. No, no, because I, I, beyond a, a very brief factual account on the BBC Sport website, because I, I just assumed that the next day's papers would be would be full of it. I thought this is a massive story, surely. Mm. Well, I think only one of the tabloids had a very brief bit, and there was nothing. Well, part think, of the Guardian that maybe had a, a brief report, but it was. I, I surely you'd imagine that would be a huge story. Well, there's a reason why Pal- Palace won't make a public statement right, about yeah. it. There'll be there'll be nothing that will come out of the right. club officially and publicly. Pulis, although he was asked about it in the press conference, went, "Oh, I can't talk about that." Of there's course, a reason he yeah, can't yeah. talk about. It. He's subject to confidentiality yeah. provisions, right. and there's a reason that. You know, with, with lots of big decisions, and it was certainly the case, it used to be the case with, with football cases as well. Ian Dowie against Palace, for example, which was the case back in 2002. Yeah. No, no, it would been later, though, up in about 2005. It, it all used to be done back through the courts back then. So the judgment becomes public, and you can sort of pour through the various reasoning, look at the facts in right. the case, look at what, what had happened, look at, you know, the fact that Ian Dowie presented certain PowerPoint slides to yeah, Charlton yeah. that he'd reused from his Palace interview. Like, you can sort of derive all this information from a judgment, so but because this, this isn't actually released, you can't actually see the reasoning behind it, which then makes it very difficult to look and say, well, they, they've definitely reached a decision was on this basis. Was this not done it's not done in well. It, it was. It will have been done in an arbitration court. Oh, I see. It's, it's oh, not, right. It's not so done like in the an high court, like an employment tribunal. S- similar, like, similar, okay. similar. So, so it, is there a right of appeal for Pulis in this? I'm glad you asked that. It's almost <laughs> like you read my article on <laughs> it. Uh, basically, for arbitrations of that type, you got very, very limited grounds to appeal. You can appeal oh, okay. if, basically, on what what lawyers call jurisdictional points, which yeah. is basically if you shouldn't have even had it decided in that form in the first place. Right, right, right. So if someone's decided to basically get this FA panel to decide it when it really should have been, I don't know, the High Court who were listening right, to right. it, then you can appeal on that that grounds. You can also appeal if there's sort of some severe irregularity or bias in the proceedings themselves. Right. Like if there's something that, if you looked back at it on a second look as an independent independent and impartial observer and went, Do you know what, that is absolutely ridiculous. It's a very high bar. It's got to be at that sort of level of right. bias or irregularity. You could then challenge it then. But the general rule is, and I've, I've actually tried in, in practice myself to try and appeal arbitration. It's very, very difficult to do so. Yeah. Very, very difficult. It's got limited sort of avenues to do so. So if everything that has been published in the press is correct and it shouldn't have been published in the press mm, in the first place if it is or if it was is all correct there are going to be very limited sort of avenues to for recourse for okay, Pulis good. And, interesting. and also a rare win for Palace in 2016 very good so he's there you bursting. go he's been trying to get in with that he's going to start with 3 mil to the Londoners <laughs> <laughs> okay <laughs> very good okay last few questions then funny. last few questions uh, John Vince Hi, John. says did you all get these jolly texts from the club oh, sent on wow. Saturday do you think the club now I can forgive it before the match before the match fine I've just about
now got to the stage where I've forgotten about the previous match and how terrible it was. I've probably by that stage started drinking in the Porsons. Yeah. Absolutely understandable. When you've then watched the match, <laughs> yeah. you go, oh, I hope you really enjoyed today. No, I did not. But they're automated, aren't they? Well, then Surely. stop it. No, stop automating them. And that's a, it was a, it was a bit of a PR own goal. Yeah. And I mean, I don't know who are getting these texts, but it's you know, it's bad enough the people telling me about the texts you get before and telling me what the weather's going to be like. Yeah. But that was just, and the fact is that somebody at the club should have went, "Oh, sorry about that. That's, yeah. We'll we'll look into that because that's just, and it does play into the hands of those Palace fans who worry about the corporatization for want of a better. Do you feel word. the same with the uh, enjoy the game? We get told all the time. A little, games. a little bit, and I think there is. I don't know whether there's a correlation between the atmosphere with the fans and the creeping corporatisation this season, which you imagine the corporatisation bits of it were only going to get worse. Mm-hmm. But I think, I'm hoping that Steve Parrish is clever enough to realise that that just backfired, really. <clears throat> and I know, looking at Twitter on Saturday evening, which I don't normally do, that was a the biggest argument between Palace fans was about that text rather than about the performance because everyone accepted the performance wasn't good enough apart from one or two people saying well we lost 1-0 to the champions which but and there's people going well you can opt out of the text but that's neither here nor there it's just whoever thought that that was appropriate it's just it's one of those things that that needs an apology or it needs a response or at least an acknowledgement that it was and it needs dealing with in the in future, basically, it was just like you say, an own goal. Totally, yeah. yeah. And I, 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 there's nothing sinister behind it. It was just, no. it was just PR own goal. Uh, went a bit PR, wrong. Ba- basically, you got to yeah. try stuff, pre- and it was the wrong thing yeah, to do. Yeah, and, I'm prepared yeah. to be magnanimous yeah. about it, though. And if they, if they give me a free beer to say <laughs> yeah, sorry, if they I'm, I'm prepared to let it go. But okay. I think, I think there is a wider debate during the close season about because it, it is going to raise itself, and it is, it is part of the. It's the balancing out that Steve Parrish has talked about himself, and you yeah. know the, what you have to do to maintain the place in the Premier League and to apparently expand your business horizons all over the world, while at the same time keeping your foot in Croydon, because that's what we are. It's like you can't. It's very hard to do to be both, but that's yeah. that's an example of getting it wrong. Uh, getting it wrong, basically. Uh, okay. So. Final question for this week is from Otis the Cat. Hi, Hi Otis. Otis. Oh, good he, name. He says, "I hope it's an actual cat." I hope so. Uh, well, his Twitter profile is a cat, so let's hope it is. Oh, it must be then. He, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> he <laughs> says, look, it's been a long, it's been a long night. He says, <laughs> how <laughs> must be a cat then his Twitter profile. I heard myself say it as I yeah, said that and realised how stupid that was. Uh, um, don't ever change, JD. He says, oh, don't, don't. Otis says, how will you guys celebrate when we finally win a league match? I, I didn't. I'm not even going to... Yeah. Well, it'll be my 40th birthday that evening <laughs> as well. <laughs> so so. Let's come, let's come, you're only 25 now. <laughs> let's come back to Tom's question, was it, about me jinx? I'm not even going to begin enough. to mention Fair what enough. I might do if we win a league match because I'm not going to take the responsibility for it. I just think there will be an enormous set. So I, and I do genuinely think... I think once we... I think it is possible that we we might not win. But I think once we do get a win, we'll get another win. But mm-hmm. And... Also, if you look at the fixtures as well, we, Norwich and you know the fact is that if we can't get some points out of Everton, Stoke, Southampton, Norwich and Newcastle, then you pretty much deserve what you, whatever is coming to you, really. Mm-hmm. And you, you know, you look at Norwich getting an unexpected win at West Brom, a, a point against City. There, there are points to be picked up. There, there's luck to be, you know, but you just. 
it, it's going to be more my luck than judgment. That's the worrying thing at the moment. But we'll take that right now. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's just, it comes back to that question about genius. You just think Pardew's going to keep doing what he's doing, yeah. and something will it might pay off. Something it might pay off, and it's 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 impossible not to see it's not getting at least a couple of points somewhere, but. Straight, what will you do? We could be mathematically safe in three weeks' time. Yeah, we could. I know that's a fair. We, you know, and hopefully by the time we get to the Newcastle game. But what I'd, I really don't want to get to that Newcastle, that Norwich game, and that suddenly everyone's talking about that being. Yeah. You know, I don't. Want, it's hard to see us getting anything at West Ham if you know if Norwich beat Newcastle. But then we have only Norwich beat Newcastle. We're still nine points ahead of them yeah. with another game fewer to go. So it's. Well, the next game up is West Ham, and we'll be previewing that, not at the end of this podcast, but in our new extra, extra. pods that we're doing, which will be released a few days before West Ham, but of course before that you've got the international break, so you've got a week without us oh. until, the, until the preview. We're not doing in this, in this week? No, there's no time this week for in this oh. week. No, nothing's, nothing's happening in this week. Nothing's nothing happened. happened. I looked at it, nothing no, happened no, in this week in Palace happens, history. Yeah. Uh, no, too much to talk about with, with, with recent Palace games, that's fine. So, that's it for this, this pod. You... I mean, there was the Jerry Murphy hat-trick, I, I believe, in this week. Well... well. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, that... no, he was in the top... Yeah, I like the list of top ten Irish players that you did. Oh, did we? Yeah, the club did. Oh, we, oh, no, we you did. did. FYP did. <laughs> did they? Yeah, it was on the top ten Irish players. Yeah, Jerry Murphy in there. He's only fourth. To my Who was top? Uh, Clinton Morrison. Yeah, Clinton mm-hmm. Morrison. Damien was second. Yeah. Okay, uh, right, so uh, that's it for this pod. We'll be back with you for the extra pod uh, previewing the West Ham game. <laughs> uh, enjoy the international break, <laughs> and uh, we'll see you again soon. Goodbye. Bye. Podcast Network.